This next writing of Father McHugh's is not a poem. In addition to being an extraordinary poet, he was also a great orator and had written and given many speeches throughout his short life. This particular one is called Our Unknown Dead, and it is a Memorial Day address before Lewis Bell Post in Manchester, New Hampshire, approximately 27 years after the start of the Civil War. Those were noble words to which the brave father of old gave utterance. When the news reached him of the death of two of his sons on the field of glory and the escape of the third by flight. When he heard of the glorious fall of his gallant boys, his face grew radiant with joy. But when his informant, wishing to alleviate what he deemed the father's sore affliction, assured him that the youngest son and best beloved still remained to him. The old man's countenance fell. And when questioned on the cause of this sudden transition from joy to sorrow, when asked if the conduct of his surviving son did not meet with his approval, he answered sternly, No. But what would you have him do? was further asked him. The tide of war was turned against us. Our bravest had fallen, and the hosts of the enemy far outnumbered us. Nothing was left us but retreat. What would you have him do? What would I have him do? rejoined the patriot father with heaving breast and flashing eye. I would have him remain with his brothers and die for his country on the field of battle. Love for country has ever been esteemed by all good men as one of the noblest passions of the human heart. And to die for one's country is, and ever has been, looked upon as a death less glorious only than to die for God. To die for one's country, oh glorious, tis and sweet, sang a Latin poet two thousand years ago, and his song has come down to us, resounding through the ages, awakening in every brave and loyal breast a responsive echo purifying, ennobling, and exalting the heart, teaching man, even with the last drop of his blood, to keep the whiteness of his soul, and, if need be, to sacrifice, without a murmur, on the altar of his country, all that life holds dear. But never, perhaps, in the annals of time, Never in the history of nations did the poet's words 
wake a more sympathetic chord in the heart's responsive lyre than when some seven and twenty years ago the clouds of dark disunion lowered upon our country's flag. The gun that fired upon Fort Sumner, rousing the mournful echoes of that fatal April morning, seemed the Patriots' reveille. And though sudden and unexpected came the call, upon the instant every loyal state, like the Spartan mother, sent forth her troops of brave and gallant boys, with a tearful, heartfelt warning. Return, my lads, with your shields or upon them. How gaily they went forth, eager for the fray, how lightly they scorned death in their wild thirst for glory, how anxious they were to stamp the crimson bars of the flag of the Union indelibly forevermore with the rich Tyrian of patriot blood. How they fought and vanquished and died. All this, all of this, is not mine to tell. Their praise has been voiced by worthier tongues than mine. Their country has made their fame her own. Their names blazon the pages of history. Their deeds are recorded in deathless marbles and enduring brass. Their memory is the richest treasure, the dearest inheritance their country owns. And their example will prove, while time remains, and love of country is esteemed a virtue, a fixed and constant northern star, to guide all future generations along the lofty path of heroism and patriotic zeal. Whatsoever may have been their rank and condition, whether officer or private, drummer boy with fair young face, or veteran warrior with the frost of many a winter in his hair. In whatsoever manner they may have died, whether in the hot, fierce fight where friend and foe met and mingled in hideous confusion and fought and rallied and went down. Where the leaden hail poured down mercilessly upon them, and the screaming shell moaned the requiem of the brave. Whether thus they fell, or perished after months of hopeless longing and unimagined suffering in the loathsome confines of some southern prison, it matters not. They were heroes to the last, every man of them. As heroes they lived, and as heroically they died. But yet I err. Not all have found the glory for which they bravely died. Not all have reaped the reward so nobly, so heroically sought. 
full many a gallant fellow has been mustered out, whose deeds the trump of fame has never sounded, above whose grave no trophies have been raised by the grateful hand of a mourning nation, whose very name is unrecorded in his country's sad but splendid story. Many there were who marched away in the fullness of youth and the flush of patriotic pride, determined to carry the old flag down to death, unsullied and unstained, with not a stripe obliterated, not a star effaced. Tenderly they bade farewell to the dearest idols of the heart, and severed the fondest, holiest ties. Bravely they rallied round the altar of their country, and with burning lips and hearts throbbing with the patriots' pure devotion, fondly they swore to keep the Union safe and the Temple of Liberty undefiled. Faithfully they fulfilled that vow when the fray was thickest and the bolts of death drove swift and sure. Freely and profusely, they poured out their hearts' red blood on the field of battle. And now, where is their reward? Their deeds are unrecorded. Their names are all forgotten. Their very graves unknown. The muse of history has never a line to their individual renown. The voice of fame on their heroic deeds is silent. No marble tablets tell their praise. No living monuments keep their memory from decay. Beautiful May, with her sunshine and flowers, revisits the earth, and the blue and the gray, joined once more in the holy bonds of brotherhood, above the ashes of the fallen brave, heap emblems of love and grief. But for them, our unknown dead, our nameless heroes, no garlands are woven, no song of praise ascends. The flag so dearly loved, in whose cause and for whose outraged honor they sacrificed their lives, does not wave above their lonely silent graves. Their gallant comrades fire no volleys or their tomb. Above their dust, no pitying tears are shed. Oh, think upon how many a sacred but unknown grave the Son of Heaven looks down today. Think of the many red fields of carnage from the Potomac to the Gulf, whereon the fearless boys in blue so gaily courted death. Think of the five long years of that fierce and bitter struggle in which both sides were made up of heroes of more than human courage and where the battle cry of each opposing host was death before dishonor. 
Think of the thousands who marched away and the few who have returned. Recall the meager list of those upon whose brows the immortal bays have been set by honor's hand. Recall all this, and then realize, if you can, all the untold glory, all the hidden valor, all the secret love, loyalty, patriotism, daring, and devotion contained in three short words. Our Unknown Dead To them, how well applies the ancient poet's line, all for love and nothing for reward. For we may well believe that upon the tide of varying emotions, which surged in life through the gallant breasts of those undaunted heroes, uppermost and supreme, floated love of home, love of country, and love of union. Glory, no doubt, they sought, and fame, and honor. But for that, who can blame them? Ambition they may have had to win a glorious name and to leave behind the priceless dower of an immortal memory to all of their house and blood. But ambition such as this is what makes manhood pure and nations powerful. Hopes they may have cherished of writing their deeds among the proudest annals of their country and of plucking even at the cannon's mouth the laurel of immortal fame. Yet, higher than all, dearer than all, rose the one supreme, the sacred thought. At any sacrifice, our flag must be preserved. At any cost, the Union must be saved. And think not that they died in vain. No, never a drop of patriot blood has yet been shed from which the tree of liberty did not drink in new life and vigor. Never a drop of patriot blood has yet been shed from which a hundred virtues redounding to a nation's gain and glory did not spring to semi-paternal life. Names may be forgotten and their memory may perish like a flower beneath the splendor of the midday sun. But a glorious deed can never die. Who will recount the names of the dauntless 300 who in classic days defend it with Leonidas, the storied pass of old Thermopylae. Yet how often in the teeth of overwhelming odds has not the memory of that glorious but unequal strife fired the heart of the patriot with hope and courage that nothing could withstand? So think not that they died in vain, no, for over all their lives a judge before whose searching and all-seeing eye no worthy deed ever passes disregarded. 
who waits the coming of his own good time to reveal the many deeds of heroism yet hidden from the ken of man, and who treasures in the diptychs of eternal life the deathless names of heroes by men unhonored and to the world unknown. Ours, therefore, is the loss, not theirs. That their names are wanting on the beadroll of fame, ours is the loss, not theirs. That the cold chain of silence hangs o'er their gallant deeds, ours is the loss, not theirs. That their memory has vanished from the earth. They perished in obscurity that we might live in peace. They shed their blood in lavish torrents that these glorious states might be cemented in a union indissolvable forevermore. They sank serenely to their nameless graves that their country might rise great and grand and glorious and go down through future ages, peerless in her queenly beauty, matchless in her power and puissance, bearing still, and now, thank God, not as a byword or a reproach, but with all justice, truth, and right. That title, the purest, and proudest that nation ever bore. Land of the free and home of the brave. To them, then, be the honor. To us, the grief and loss. Theirs be the praise and glory. Ours, the anguish of remorse. It is meet and proper, therefore, brave veterans of the grand army, that on this day, you, at least, remember those whom fame has all forgotten. It is right and just that when you come together to strew with spring's fairest garlands the last resting places of your former companions in arms, you forget not your brothers who sleep their last sleep where they bravely fought and fell beneath the blue of the southern sky. And it redounds more than words can tell, no less to the bravery than to the tenderness of your gallant hearts, that on this day, when all unite to honor our heroes who have passed from earth to their proper reward, among the exercises befitting the occasion, there should be found, year after year, an address to our unknown dead. And ye, our nameless heroes, ye whom the archangels trump, not glories must arouse from your distant unknown graves. Sleep on, sleep on. May your rest be broken nevermore by war's discordant shriek. May no dark cloud of fraternal strife ever drive the sunlight of peace from the hills and valleys where you lie. 
May your country's turf press lightly above your gallant breasts, and may God's bright angels guard your souls through the radiant dawn of life eternal.